Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Deadly, the Director's Cut, where we speak to the women-identified directors who are making the horror movies that we love. And joining me today to do just that is my rock, my friend, my podcasting soulmate, not to be hyperbolic, <laughs> Ariel! Hi! <laughs> hey, girl, how are you doing? How I'm have doing you been? Good. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah, I know I always say like, oh, this is going to be an amazing episode, blah, blah, blah. And I mean it. I mean it with all sincerity. But the realest of real talk, we have an amazing episode for you today. Yes, we do. To say that we were starstruck. (laughs) (laughs) Is the understatement of the century. (laughs) By the not one, not two, not three, but four amazing guests that we had this week is, like you said, the understatement of the century. We got the pleasure of chatting with all four of the Adams Poser family about their new film, Hellbender, which is out now on Shudder. If you're a longtime listener, you know that we covered this family's previous film, The Deeper You Dig, and absolutely loved it. We so gave it good. rave reviews. It's also on Shudder, and if you haven't seen it, now is the time. Check it out, because the their movies definitely have a vibe. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, you can totally see that it's from the same people. You know, it definitely mm-hmm. has a similar feel. And they're so creative in what they do. They always come up with stuff that I wouldn't have thought of, you know? Absolutely. And that's something we definitely talk about while we talk to them. So because we love their their previous film, Hellbender was definitely, I would say, at the very tippy, tippy, tippy top of our most anticipated films this year. Yes. <laughs> and we are going to review it. In fact, I think the episode with our review is going to drop the same day as this episode. So you can listen to them both. I would recommend, I'm not really sure what the best order is. I will say, I want to put this out here right up front. There are spoilers in this episode. We definitely dig into the minutiae of this film. And I'm talking like final act, big plot spoilers. So if you have not watched it yet, Beware if you are a spoiler adverse person. But like I said, it's on Shutter, so just go watch it. <laughs> yeah, easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, we get to speak with Toby. We get to speak with John. We get to speak with Zelda and Lulu. And you know what? Each and every one of them was so awesome. It was a totally great conversation. I, at least I thought so. What did you think? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I was, like you said, totally starstruck, a little bit nervous about talking to them, but they are so warm and so smart and so creative. It turned mm-hmm. into a really great talk and they gave us a ton of their time, which was also really yes. fabulous. Way more than we were expecting. Yes. <laughs> we like definitely got deep with them. Sometimes quite literally when the subject of birth canals came up. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. And we, we dug into the way that they build their worlds, which by the way, they absolutely do. We talked about their filmmaking process and the how they've sort of created that within their family dynamic. And we talked about the, of course, extremely feminist sort of underpinnings behind Hellbender. And we also get a really exciting sneak peek about what they have planned next. And uh, I'm thrilled. <laughs> it's gonna be rad. Yeah. <laughs> and so. they're sticking with horror, which is so exciting. Absolutely. So yeah, like I said, I'm not kidding when I say that this conversation is really, really incredible. I don't know what he's saying. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here is our interview with the Adams Poser family. We hope you enjoy it half as much as we enjoyed actually having it. Oh my gosh, it's so great to meet you guys. We have been such fans of your work. The Deeper You Dig was absolutely one of our favorite films from 2020. We told everybody to watch it. We loved it. Super anticipating this one and are delighted to say we loved it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes. So well, I just have to tell you that you guys are the bomb. You're the oh. episode you did on the Deep You Dig was so good. I can't oh, thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. And, and also just the, the research on us and what we do. But you just made my, my heart swell when I listened oh. to that episode. I was like, oh my God, I want to bake them a lasagna and a cake. <laughs> that is her love language you're in we if you do. get a lasagna oh. we do accept carbohydrate based bribes anytime <laughs> <laughs> well I'm so glad you liked it I mean like I said we obviously we loved the film and we've been so 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 excited to get our eyes on this one so 
one of the things we love so much is about how you guys make films together. That's so incredible. I can't even imagine what that would be like to have that kind of connection to my family. And so I wanted to know, like, I, I have my own ideas of what it would be like, but I'd love to hear from you guys what that experience is like and how you guys sort of divide up all of the, all of the jobs. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just to be clear, a lot of these questions are for whoever feels like they're pretty much for everyone. There's some specific ones, but for the most part, anybody who feels like they got an answer can hop right in. I just, I love looking at my daughters. It's so funny that I they're like, oh, <laughs> you guys want to go first or? Yeah, it's it's really great working as a family. I think it's it's really interesting because we've all begun the filmmaking process like together. We started at the same time. So we've really grown together as filmmakers, but also like as family members and as friends. So it's really fun. Like it was such a great honest honestly like such a great bonding experience getting to learn the filmmaking process from the beginning together so like it really puts us all on an equal level I would say because we all have a pretty much equal understanding um since we've learned together and uh I really feel like it's reflected our family life and friendly life really wonderfully like we're such great friends um Mm -hmm. all my friends think it's really weird because I call our parents, uh, John and Toby, and they're like, why do you call her your <laughs> name? I'm like, because that's their name? What do you call <laughs> And <laughs> colleagues? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My work partner. So <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, that's so great. That actually brings me to my next question, which is Zelda and Lulu, what is it like to work with your parents? Are there any yeah. sort of challenges that have come from working with your family? Has it gotten harder or easier as you've gotten older? Yeah, I honestly, really similar to what Zelda said, we just started so young and we all had a mutual interest. I think that kind of drives us. I think the only like struggle that has just become ameliorated as we've done more of these films is, you know, getting everybody's ideas in like, and when you do it, like taking turns. So usually Uh we kind of go with, the general, and then we do this idea, then this idea, then this idea, and we go after each other. I think just getting our flow with that, but I mean, we do just really think of John and Toby as our best friends and speak to them like that, and they speak like that to us. Like, it does feel very equal, and also we all, aside from, like, I, I don't make the music, dad makes the music, and everybody can sing on it and play their instruments, but we all do the same role otherwise of filming, running the sound, acting, directing from behind. So it's also very equal in understanding, you know, what it's like to be heard because it's just such an equal dynamic, you know, because we have to take turns and there's four people working on the movie, you know, (laughs) somebody else around while they're acting. So you're like, it's my turn. I'll be bossing you around. (laughs) Oh, that must be really great. It is great. (laughs) So now for the parents, Toby and John, same question for you. What has it been like? You know, it, it is the biggest gift in the world to be able to create together as a family Because, I mean, just think of it, even when you're on your own, just kind of like sketching or listening to music, they're all, those are creative moments in our life. And to share something and actually build something artistic together with the people, with the people you love is, is just really fun. There's just no other way to say it. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's like a living photo album making these films. I like to think of it that way because we have the moments that we have the film that we have, right? That's like an actual album. But then all those moments of making the film and the memories, uh, you know, besides what is on the screen, it's just like burned into your soul. And it's, you know, we can watch ourselves grow. I mean, John, uh, Lulu and Zelda were 11 and six when we made our first film. Um, John and I, you know, I think we were like in our 40s. And um, and it's just, it's, 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 it's just a beautiful thing. I just I feel so lucky and and also just to learn from everybody to have everyone's different you know perceptions from a from 18 year old to 50 something year old is is helpful and it's convenient I mean it's so great to be like making a sandwich with your family and then in you know 20 minutes later be shooting in the snow (laughs) I think the strength of uh, about working as a family is you get a complete circle of opinions you get a 
you know, a mom's opinion, you get a five-year-old's opinion, now an 18-year-old's opinion, you get a male opinion, and you get all these different opinions, and they're all right. And when we get home and we look at them on the editing bay, the best one wins. And sometimes you don't even know whose idea it was, but it's always obvious, like which cut worked. And it could be Zelda's five-year-old opinion when we first started, or her 18-year-old opinion, or Lulu says, I think this sounds phony. Mm-hmm. And you get home, you look at it, and you you may not even know who said what, but you have all these different uh, viewpoints. Yeah. And kind of the, the ones, and they all work together, too. It's not like one viewpoint ran the scene. A lot of the time, you'll find that somebody has brought, each person has kind of brought something, and you build that scene. And in the end, it's got a nice dynamic to it. Yeah, that's, that's so that's so interesting because your films have such a voice. They have such a point of view to hear that it's actually kind of a collapse. Like you've created a voice out of all of your voices is really interesting and really well, special. If we were just going with my voice, it would be an hour and 20 minutes of somebody getting their head cut off. So <laughs> 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 oh, thank God. <laughs> really funny with the deeper you dig, John was like, all right, I want to I want to uh, cut Kurt's head off, and Toby was like, "All right, well, let's figure out, you know, storyline wise, why we can have this happen." That's what's so great about Toby; he figures out why we can have all the blood and guts in our movie. <laughs> hey, Zelda makes it look really good, and Lulu comes in, and Lulu says whether it's good or not. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. Taste maker, okay. Please monitor. Oh yeah, the BS monitor. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, and I mean, it's so clear that each of you are so creative and so incredibly talented, and everything from visual, but also the music is so great in this. And I know, John, that's kind of where your sort of voice is is obviously and sometimes literally heard. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've been listening to Drive like on repeat. Oh, <laughs> it's so oh great. God, it's so you. great. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your band, about the the music, how you guys go about kind of that part of the creative process? So, uh, well, I was always in like punk bands. I Punk rock changed my life. So I've always been interested in it because it gave me the freedom to just rebel against what I was supposed to be doing. So, as the kids grew up, um, they, they always had music around them and they both were interested. I had bands with both my girls um, and uh, Zelda picked up the drums and she really wanted to have like a real band thing and play out. And so we did have a band uh, called Kid California. So I, I, I always forget how old you were. How old were you, Zell? I think I was seven when I started playing drums. Yeah. And so we so we really started out on that journey. And at that point, um, you know, she had influences that she wanted to bring to the table. I had my influences and we really kind of like pushed them down the hourglass. And then once they got through the the middle of the hourglass, um, Toby and Lulu, um, Zelda kind of wasn't so interested in playing drums anymore. And she wanted to sing more. And, And Toby and Lulu also were like, Hey, we want to sing too. And they both have very singular voices. And so it's funny as, as the music came down through the hourglass and it really started to refine its sound, our other girls joined in. And I think right now we have a really, we've really honed in on our sound. It's like, I think the stuff you hear on Hellbender, we're almost there. And now we're really there. Like on the movie that we're working on right now, the soundtrack is for me, like, We've really hit something together as a four piece. That's exciting. That's so great. Tour, tour, tour. (laughs) (laughs) One of the shared themes with both this movie and the deeper you dig are about the dangers of straying away from home. And it's so interesting because you guys seem like such a cohesive family unit. Do you feel like that that's something that especially resonates with you all that idea? For me personally, it wasn't something I pursued, but it was no matter what, like, because we all grew up traveling still, you know, we grew up in New York city for a bit and then it was Los Angeles. Then it was the road trip for a year. Then it was upstate New York. Then it was back to Los Angeles. And then I went to college um, on the other side of the coast. Uh, and then I just moved from Alaska and Hawaii over the summer. And that was something that was kind of encouraged and kind of raised to do, but we all did it together. But 
there was never any, there was always like, because I feel like, again, we're all friends. There wasn't so much of like, you can't leave. You're the daughter, you know, you need Mm -hmm. to be here and near us. We're family. It's always like, you know, I'm your friend. I'll come and visit you or you'll come and visit me. Um, But that we are very much, at least in my opinion, very much okay with leaving. Like that's an encouraged thing in a way is leaving and being your own person and then coming back and bringing some even new perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really and I think it's really Thanks. interesting. I think Hellbender is kind of symbolic for the stage of life that both Lulu and I are in right now, except, you know, uh, kind of what Lulu said, like John and Toby are totally willing to let us go out into the world and embrace it and you know be strong powerful wonderful women but like I'm about to go off to college and I'm sure Toby just wants to hold on to me John and Toby (laughs) want to hold on to me as much as possible before I go no Toby's in the the movie you (laughs) I'm sure they want to hold on to me as much as possible but in real life, they're totally willing to, you know, let me go off into college, but in Hellbender, not so much. He doesn't right. want it to go off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I think like in Hellbender, we liked to explore the idea, and this wasn't judgmental, but uh, like we, we stand on a lot of soccer sidelines, or we used to. Mm-hmm. So we're hanging out with parents, and we're hearing how other parents parent. And it was always fascinating how the parent that was sitting here actually drinking vodka out of a water bottle was talking about how their kid is now juuling and they're shocked. (laughs) (laughs) You're drunk right now. (laughs) And so it was kind of like, we wanted to toy with that and definitely not as a judgmental thing. It's like, how do you, how do you pass on to your kids like knowledge and try to sift out all the bad things that you've done, Mm -hmm. but be honest that at the same time. Now for, for us, it was easier just to tell them the truth from the get go because there was too much. It was that sifter was going to have to be big. <laughs> so, Granulated. Yeah, okay, here's all gotcha. the terrible things. <laughs> there we go. That's, <laughs> so anyway, it was just fun to kind of toy with that idea of parenting. It was like, how do you do it? How do you? You know, Toby's better at expressing that. But no, you did a great job explaining it. I mean, really, it's just we love to we love to play with universals of you know human humanness uh adolescence parenthood adulthood but we really wanted to to do it within this strange hellbender supernatural glass that's where the fun thing was we were like well how can we you know show that it's just hard being alive whether you're a human or a hellbender and and let's kind of put it in this really weird weird world and see if people relate to it within with those goggles mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so great because I think that both your horror movies have such emotional cores, even though there's this horror element going on around them. There's a real truth there. I think that really comes across. And an intimacy. Like there's a real intimacy to the stories that you tell and the relationships that are on screen. And, you know, learning that some of that is just the chemistry that you guys have as a family, I think really translates really well to the screen and makes you really invest in these stories and connect with them. You know, I know that you're talking about larger things, but I, one of the personal things that we read in our research for this movie, Toby, and this is, if you feel like comfortable talking about this, we'll totally move on, but that you actually had learned about your donor conception in the lead up to this and how that kind of played into the writing of this film. Can, do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about that? Of course. Thank you for asking, but totally. Um, Because it's a beautiful story. Yeah. So right before the DPU Dig premiered at Fantasia in 2019, my mother, my wonderful mother, who was in the DPU Dig, she was Mrs. Minsky. Um, oh, okay. The woman that uh, that my character built for, for money. Um, <laughs> she died a pretty quick death. And on her deathbed, she said she had to tell me something pretty crazy. And she told me that my dad, my dad had died several years before, um, was not my biological dad, that I was donor conceived. And so 
we at first it was like what the fuck is going on <laughs> sure. and of course i set out to find out who he was but immediately got our wheels turning to story-wise thinking oh my god like wouldn't it be cool like like what if my dad is this or that and then we thought you know cinematically what if like your dad was the devil you know and, and that's and, and you don't know it and uh it turns out my donor dad was a nice Jewish doctor, but but yeah, no, it, it was, and, and I've, I've, I've discovered just so you know, this wonderful family, I like eight, I'm the, the oldest of eight half siblings I've discovered who are wonderful human beings. And it's, so it's been this beautiful story, but it did, it was kind of an impetus for Hellbent to exploring like lineage and and how what if your lineage isn't pretty well our first story also was called the devil's daughter and we were going to be like oh well we're making a movie about finding out that you're the devil's daughter but then the devil is such a massive character it was like oh my god this is way over our production value <laughs> so let's just slice off a piece of the devil and make it about that yeah oh that's so interesting um, thank you for sharing that with us that's really great so as horror fans, we have a tendency to think we have kind of seen everything. I mean, Rachel and I have seen probably thousands of horror movies at this point. But one of the things we really loved about both Hellbender and The Deeper You Dig is that it kind of taught us we haven't seen it all because you guys do such original, creative, fresh things in them. And one of the things that comes to mind is the key hand. Oh. in in this newest movie so cool it's so it's cool so we cool. can't get that image out of our heads so can you tell us about that creative process how you guys come up with that stuff yeah that the key hand I don't even know whose idea it, it was um but I can tell you that our, our wonderful special effects guy Trey Lindsay who's our honorary fifth family member he designed it and uh and he's you doing something similar for the new film we're working on. It's, it's kind of awesome, but it's much more gruesome. Um, but he designed <laughs> he designed that, and uh, I was like, it was your idea. So well, I don't know if it was my idea, but I know that we wanted it to be that the key to the truth comes from within, and it was like so. It you know they put their hand on the door to the truth, and out comes the key. And what was really fun for us was how many keys are sitting on the table. So how much, mm -hmm. and it's, it's like, she doesn't want her daughter up there finding out the truth, but obviously she's up there quite a bit. And so there's like, that's the, the kind of struggle of this mother, you know, like right. really fun. The secrets in the attic and also the book that's hiding up there. We it was just another fun parallel that we wanted to play with because you know how often you hear people like, Oh, I went up into the attic and I found my, my parents playboys or playgirls or whatever. Right. <laughs> and it's like a hard slap of truth that you're not sure you're ready for, but you're not <laughs> a very different person. <laughs> that is really, really, really cool. So the other thing that I think is really fresh in this is how you guys sort of twist the idea of a witch. It's a new take on that sort of witch mythology. And I love the introduction of the idea that the power comes from fear and it comes from blood. And I, I wanted to know where that idea came from. And if it is sort of my interpretation, was it kind of like linked back to the Salem witch trials and sort of this twist on that sort of hysteria and fear that, you know, drove that is, am I close? <laughs> oh yeah. I think you nailed it. Do, do you guys, before I, I don't want to jump on anyone, you guys, um, yeah, well, well, first of all, as far as the, the entity, the kind of witch that we wanted to create, um, we did a lot of fun research and there's just, I mean, history is just ripe with so many wonderful, powerful female figures. And one that I discovered who I'd, I'd never heard of before was a Libyan serpent goddess called Lamia. And, her, and she ate babies and she was just kind of like this, this powerful witch. And, and so at first we thought we were going to, the power was going to come from eating babies. And then we, we actually tried shooting and it was just not flying. And, um, <laughs> and like, how do you Baby get was real? crying the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, and and then that that kind of led into the whole. I, I mean, I, I could talk for an hour about blood and 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 you know menstrual blood and and women and you know. So don't get me started. But um, and so blood was a fun concept, and then we thought that we'll. In, in, we didn't want this to be about like a, a vampire, but we thought, well, since they are kind of an apex predator, like one step above the human humans on the food chain, you know, what if if it's just like a power thing through the, the blood was a vehicle for that power and 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 the fear that you think humans are at the top. Well, they're not when it comes to a hellbender. And what makes them different is like the fear that we that the hellbenders can, you know, consume from humans. Yeah, and there's two other things. And the first one you nailed right on the money, which is the more powerful um, the witches in history, the more they were feared. Like, like the more they were tortured and, and it was because people feared their knowledge. They, they feared that they could heal people with things that they didn't understand. Like, why were witches witches? Well, people feared them. And it was usually because they had some cool power to them, some cool individualism. They were outside of the box of that society. So like we did definitely want to play with the like everything in, in Hellbender is like playing with going backwards. So it's like it was fun to kind of go backwards on that concept of, well, let's make them prey on the fear <laughs> that caused them so much destruction. So oh, I that love was it. Really cool. Yeah. So and then the other thing that um is important about it is that they um, we want people to ask themselves a really hard question by putting a hellbender above humans and that they prey on fear. So, and that's anything that preys on fear in the human world is evil and bad. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. a hellbender preys on fear and a good, if, if it does it right, that's a great hellbender. They're filling their hellbenderness. Right. And so it's fun to ask yourself as a viewer, like, do I like this hellbender or do I not? Because I'm human. So they're preying on my fear. They're this terrible creature, but actually it's a beautiful creature. And it's a really fun thing to see from a human point of view, you might be rooting on the mother, mm-hmm. but from this objective point of view, mm-hmm. you should be rooting for the child. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so interesting. It, you guys' process is fascinating and how much you think about everything. I think it really comes through in your film because they're just so layered, mm-hmm. everything about them. So we really love horror films about powerful, flawed women. That's sort of our thing. <laughs> and so we were very excited um, that women were really at the center of this film. And I was very intrigued by the idea that the hellbenders can reproduce asexually. And I was wondering if you could talk about that decision to center women in your film and also have these witches have a completely matrilineal lineage. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, we thought, and this is why we started the film with a bunch of like 14 or 15 women actually hanging another woman. You know, um, we thought it would be interesting to show women, you know, you, or often you, if, if I think of witch trials and stuff, obviously it wasn't only men who were burning witches, but in this case, we wanted to show a lot of women coming together to try to be, to assume power back from someone who we learned later in the film took their children. You know, she said, that's the grandmother who ate half their village, you know, that, that, I, that uh, my character mentions later in the film. But uh, well, where, where were we? Where were just, we? just the power of women. No, but uh, what was I gonna, just going to say? Sorry, I lost my track. Can you no, reframe your question again for me? Yeah, well, I was just fascinated by the whole matrilineal lineage that it's, you know. Oh, in the reproduction. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 thank you. Yeah, so that, so we were really, we were really influenced by the idea of the Ouroboros and the circle of things we talk about that uh-huh. with the seasons, each season consuming the last. And we live in where we live in the Catskill Mountains of New York. It's extremely wild. So we're we're just surrounded by nature in its beautiful brutality. At night, we hear, you know, coyotes howling and rabbits dying and, and foxes, you know, screaming and the rivers eat out the roads. We're just, it's hard and there's roadkill everywhere. Um, so nature is such a big influence on us. 
and it's sort of like this big mouth, you know? And so, and then the Ouroboros itself where the snake is eating its own tail, just the whole cyclical nature of things seemed like it would be cool if hellbenders were like that too. And we wanted to remove any kind of patriarchy or male gaze from this mm -hmm. film, not because we don't like men. It's just like, why do we have to, you know, why does it have to be about them? It's just, it's just about a bunch of women. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's just kind of what we wanted to do. And the, the scene where she's talking and where she is trying to show uh, uh, Izzy some magic and she has the mushrooms, you know, and mushrooms that have spores and they they, they self-reproduce. And, and she's like, that was her way of saying, you know, this is kind of like, like us. We don't, we don't need, um, you know, we don't need a man or sperm to, to uh, procreate, but we do have to consume ourselves which was right. a pretty incredible like and horrible um, concept, I think, that, that the mother becomes the daughter, becomes the mother, becomes the daughter. And so you can kind of understand why the mother um, doesn't want to her daughter to know too much. She wants more time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's such an original concept. I've never seen anything like that before. It's great. Yeah. I mean, and I think it kind of speaks to it with that sort of those final scenes where you're going through that tunnel that kind of you know you think oh this is some sort of like throat or esophagus right you know like is she going to be consumed but then it, it could also kind of be a birth canal in some degree like there's there is a cyclical nature visually that <laughs> am i on to something the fun thing about that is she's going reverse through the birth canal that's right. like again it's like fall eats summer like like everything spins backwards to the future mm -hmm. and we wanted to like it's a strange little concept it's like trying to like one hand clapping it's like how can things spin backwards to go forwards but we wanted to have that like relentlessly throughout the movie and that was a really fun visual way and it's kind so of great. yeah thanks it's <laughs> really really cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i know we're getting close to the end of our time here although i could happily talk to you for five more hours. You've listened to the show. So, you know, we kind of focus on specifically women directed or co-directed horror. Uh, and we like to ask from both all of you, really, since you all have directorial duties, like if you have any advice for young women out there who want to direct, but maybe feel like they don't have access to doing something like that. That's a great question. Yeah. Toby, what do you think? <laughs> uh, well, I, th I think you have to not think too much and just do it because. Um, by doing it, you, you'll learn. And uh, there's no other way. Just like with us, you just, you just do it. You don't need a lot of money. You don't need a fancy camera or equipment. Um, you just need a wonderful story. It's all about the story and how you tell it. So I would say just to have the confidence to put that first foot out the door and, and start making something. Absolutely. I think um just honestly like start off with what's easiest just like working with what you have today you can make movies on a freaking iphone you can you know use the mic of your iphone it's it's very accessible nowadays and you know i think women have really great perspectives especially in horror and like all of my favorite horror movies you know have like female leading uh, presences. And so, you know, go out and do it and, you know, evolve. I'm, I'm really excited to see whatever, whoever's listening, create. I'm excited <laughs> to see what you create. <laughs> that is so, so great. That's, that's really good advice. I love all the supportive energy and you're right. It's, it's a lot easier to make the film. And I think it's good advice that people need to hear to just do it, you know, just take that first step and go, go for it. So one of the questions we like to ask is, is there something that in all of these interviews that you've done that no one has asked you about the movie or the filmmaking process that you sort of hoped somebody might ask? Hmm. So that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's also okay if you don't have an answer. No, you know, it's funny because somebody, you're the, only the second person who's talked about 
crawling through the tunnel. Oh, <laughs> I don't miss only, the birth canal. Actually, <laughs> it was the first time someone even mentioned it at, at a glance, or maybe it was this morning even. And it was like, oh man, it's taken so long. Like, we're not going to bring that up. But I'm always like, man, nobody did, did. Is it too dark? Like, what's going on? Like, no one has mentioned it, it at all the festivals. Wow. So I know me. Just hearing <laughs> you put like images to it is so fun. Like you came up actually with a new image of what it was. Like you said a throat like yeah. off the bat. Yeah, that was and cool. it's like, that's really cool because our whole movie, like we just, it was about mouths. So it was yeah, like really right. cool that you put a throat on it. And that kind of stuff is really fun for us. Cause you know, the next time we interview someone, we're going to say, well, it could be a throat. We, we <laughs> Uh, we that down. <laughs> People don't really mention like one of my favorite shots in the movie it, when the mom is like looking out the window and there's like a bee stuck in the window frame. Yeah, that is a cool yeah. scene. Yes, very, very cool. Um, I f- yeah, I feel like I mean I wasn't there when it was shot, but John, you shot that. Well, right? no, Toby found it and I shot it. Yep. Oh my, yeah. Toby, what like, you got to film this, and that's the movie. Like we, could, that should be the trailer of the movie. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, everything just right there. And it be, yeah. Another thing too that um, I feel nobody asks much about or at all about the sewing of the mouth that you see the very sh- first right. shot of the movie, mm-hmm, and then there's a mm-hmm. quick there's a quick flash of my character with that that Zelda's character sees in the book with my mouth sewn shut too. Um, and nobody asked about that. And I, I find that kind of interesting because to me, it, it can symbolize a few things. It can symbolize, okay, I've eaten too much. It's time to stop. I feel bad. Or it can symbolize the fact that women, that hellbenders are like, fuck that. We're all powerful. Don't shut me up. I'm, you know, the whole history of women not having a voice. Um, and so I, I always think more people will ask about that, like which, what they think it means. Oh, that's great. Those are both such great images in the movie. That's awesome. Yes. And I mean, that's the thing. The movies both are so just like rich with symbolism. It's like hard to catch it all. It's, I feel <laughs> yeah. like, but that's what makes it so great. And so endlessly rewatchable is that there's oh. so much there, there, the more you watch, the more you see, mm. which, which comes back to that, like creative visual voice that these, that your films have. I mean, they're just, I don't know. Delicious? Is that weird? Is that a weird thing to say? Perfect for that. I mean, can I mention one other thing too? Speaking of delicious, like the maggot scene when they they puke blood on each other. That's something that too. I, I that I always thought someone might say. Well, why do they puke up all that that blood? And that's another thing. Here I go on my blood tangent. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I always thought of it as like that the hellbenders, since they're kind of born from consuming their mothers, that they that they menstruate out of their mouths. You know. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh wow! Lit up. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. blew my mind. That's amazing. I, I love thinking about that. That, that that they you know that's how they have their their periods and um and i it's one of those subliminal things that i that i thought oh maybe someone will kind of like get turned on to that and we were gonna like if we had had the budget we were gonna birth uh, a hellbender out of a mouth remember oh. we wanted to do that so bad like so just like what toby said but it was like impossible it was like Oh we even bought a like a fake head to try to do it and we yeah, it and it was terrible <laughs> we thought we'll start with a dog we'll see if we can eat a dog and then they'll eat like a full human <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah when you said the dog thing i was like oh no <laughs> well, it's funny because we, we we laughed because when we first came up with this movie we were like well what could a hellbender eat for power but what's the most terrifying thing? And at first it was like a baby. And then somebody said, a puppy. So I don't know. Uh, so there is a lot of sort of visual DNA between your two films. Do you feel like the deeper you dig and Hellbender potentially exist in the same sort of universe? Or do you see them as totally separate? Yes. I, I think that they do exist in the, like the same universe. They're both very like isolated and cold 
and a little bit like lonely i think that they do definitely exist in a similar universe what do you guys think that's the best question it is i i think you're spot on z with the loneliness i think there's the the loneliness that you have of the both all the characters in the dbu dig and for a help vendor it's a lonely life of you know isolation and violence yeah for me, the most important thing that you just hit on that now I'm going to think about a lot is hidden magic. Mm-hmm. Because there is, like, if you were with us right now, where we are right now, you would know that there's, there's hidden magic. And that's what's fun about making these films and about all of our characters is they're dealing with hidden magic. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like the world is more in, in a more interesting place if you believe that there's still some magic left in it. And I think maybe maybe that's another reason your movies resonate. Is it because it does kind of create that world? I like that. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because we're working on another movie that now that you've put a concept to that idea, mm-hmm. it's going to help us uh, cognitively with something that we're working on <laughs> right now. Yeah. That's can that, you? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what your upcoming project is? Sure. <laughs> Uh, who it's Zelda's what? idea. I would love oh, Zelda. Okay. To tell yeah. Her yeah. Idea go was. for it. Okay. He hates when I do this, though. <laughs> well, it takes place in the 1930s, um, in the Depression era. It's about a family that's traveling in the carnival circuit, and they do a little act, and they're a weird, peculiar family, and their side act is doing some stealing and killing and (laughs) one of their ventures goes wrong and the daughter is left to pick up the pieces so yeah dun 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 what happened that's really interesting i love the idea of a period piece too Mm -hmm. that's so cool it's yeah we're really excited and for this movie we really want to experiment with a lot of body horror and uh we like to think of it as a mix between uh frankenstein and bonnie and clyde Oh my God. You just named oh. two of my favorite movies. That sounds like <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully you'll like this one. I know I bet we will. <laughs> yeah. Zelda, are you going to be directing this one as well? Are you going to yes, be co directing? I am. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited. It's so far, <laughs> we've been shooting in the winter and it's been freezing, but it's looking beautiful already. So I'm excited for you guys to see it. Oh, great. And Cannot Lulu's, wait. So excited. Lulu's back in the director's chair too now because oh, she's nice. in college. And it's really great to have that new set of eyes on our um, scenes. Like she's been on like everything and it's just, it's a great, it's just great to have her home. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I can't wait to see how they kill you in this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got some good. <laughs> uh, so I can say. To show you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's amazing. All right. Well, I, I feel like we've taken so much of your time and you've been so generous with it. So I guess just, you know, you've told us what's next for you. So if people want to follow along or keep in touch with what you're up to, how, how can they find you on social media, on the online? Well, our website is wonderwheelproductions.com. And uh, our Instagram is adams.family.films. That's where we're posting the most. And uh, you can also listen to our music. Um, our band is called Hellbender, but all of the E's are sixes. So a little six, six, six. Very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We absolutely love your work. We cannot wait to see what you guys do next. We can't wait for everybody to get their eyeballs on Hellbender. You've got another absolute winner on your hands. Thanks. So congratulations to all of you guys. Yeah, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Honestly, I was a little nervous because I've been dreaming about the deeper you dig for so long and just loving it that getting to see you guys in person was a little intimidating but you've been so wonderful it's just been great thank you so much oh, thank, thank you for, for your all the great questions and the love oh yeah oh. and i have to tell you i learned so much on your podcast it's it's just wonderful how smart you guys are yep. i think oh, I, I i wrote a review on uh itunes and i oh, and i, and I said you. and i said 
The only bad thing about this podcast is that I can't keep up with the films. Oh. <laughs> I can't finish the films. I have to wait till I finish. I see them so I can listen. Because oh, I that's so know but Thank I you so much. Titan one, and it was like, oh my god. Oh my god, <laughs> Titan. That one also has wormed its way into my brain. <laughs> that's a great phrase. I don't, I don't scratch my belly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was our chat with the Adams Posers. What an incredibly warm, creative, generous group of human beings. I know. <laughs> I want to be all of their friends now. <laughs> like, I, I want to work with them. They're so cool. And I think what's so great about this and something when we covered The Deeper You Dig that I noticed in interviews that I watched is how much they allow their daughters to talk. How much they have an influence in what gets made and how much they sort of respect their voices as artists. It's so cool. Yeah. The thing I really took away from this was how extremely collaborative the process really is and how encouraged everybody's voice is. Yeah. It's so great. I mean, that's how they must get so many amazing ideas too, if everybody Mm -hmm. feels empowered to just be creative all the time. I love the moments in the interview where you could actually watch the creative process happening in real time, <laughs> yeah. where you could see the wheel turn, you know, because we did this. Unfortunately, you guys couldn't see the video, but we did this over Zoom. And so we could, there were moments where you could see that the conversation we were having, like, was sparking ideas because their creative brains are just so highly tuned and yeah, turned it was on. Really cool. Yeah. really cool and rachel you finally had one of your tinfoil hat ideas confirmed for you <laughs> it's the first right. time it's happened <laughs> I, i'm gonna there's gonna be no living with me now i'm going to be so insufferable <laughs> i just have to warn you because i have been about my tinfoil hattery has been validated <laughs> before there was a whisper of shame uh-huh. now i'm going to be shameless <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. I cannot wait to see the, the, a period piece by them. What does a period film look like through the their eyes? Oh, my gosh. I'm not even sure. I mean, I imagine it's still going to be maybe sort of dark and spooky, mm-hmm. but I have no clue what they're going to do. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, gangsters and stuff. It's going to be fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> and also kind of like sideshowy. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's stuff. it could not be more perfect for their aesthetic, right? Because like if you yes, think about Deeper true. You Dig, I always think about that scene where Toby is the clown. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And so I feel like they do sort of play in these spaces that are kind of carnival-esque. Mm-hmm. And like there is something that is innately outsider-ish about them because they're so far outside the usual Hollywood machine and so far outside the typical standard narrative that it's just a perfect marriage of of style and sort of cultural reference, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're totally right. I think that they're going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. And not to go back to... But <laughs> when Uh-oh. they said in the interview that that blood barfing was oh, menstrual blood, yeah. that blew my mind. <laughs> that I was mean, so the cool. way their minds work. Yes. I know. They're so, so cool. It just makes me think I just want to keep watching. Like, I just hope they keep making movie after movie because clearly mm. they have a lot to say. Right? They have. I like this idea that they have a collective voice. You know what yeah. I mean? That they forged... Mm-hmm kind of a cohesive voice that is is like a harmony of all of their different sort of you know perspectives yeah i mean i love the idea that everybody gets to put their idea in and they'll film all of it and then when they're editing they just pick the best one but at that point everything's kind of melded together so much that they can't even remember who made what you know who chose what that's so cool yeah i remember when we watched the first one we were saying like what an amazing they're raising interesting people with their their kids that Involving them so much in the creative process. What a childhood. What a life do you have experience. And I think, <laughs> I know. you know, that was fully speculation on our part. And to some degree, I'm sure it is still fully speculation. But I don't know. I found both Lou and Zelda to be very old souls and yeah. like incredibly confident in their creativity and their voice. I just think that's cool. I just think yeah. it's really, really cool. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to get into anybody's parenting, but I just thought they were cool. That's all I'm saying. 
Agreed. <laughs> so yeah, so as I said at the top of the show, this is a really interesting film that you should see. So let me reiterate, this movie is currently on Shutter. Do not walk, do not stroll, do not rent a canoe and paddle to Shutter. <laughs> Run to Shutter and put this in your eyeballs and let us know what you think. Because I'm going to be thinking about this movie and I'm going to need to talk about it because you know how I do. When yep. I like a movie, I need to process it. I can't <laughs> hold it. I need community and I need other people to watch this because there is a lot here to unpack. A lot to unpack, which is my favorite kind of movie. Yeah, I totally agree. I would love to hear from people on our Discord, but also just write to us. If you have interesting ideas about this movie, we'd love to hear it because I feel like there could be different interpretations of things that happened. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let us know. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So on that note, if you want to drop us a line, you can always do that at Rachel at ZombieGirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcast, plural. If you're enjoying the show, do like the lovely Toby Poser and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're getting your pods. If you're listening on Spotify, please take a moment to rate us on there. And if you're looking for something else, spooky tonight because you've already watched hellbender and the deep you dig 50 times then check out our video on demand and streaming calor at zombiegirls.com and if you're looking for some cool new merch you should definitely check out our merch we have merch you want merch we have merch come get our merch it's at <laughs> zombiegirls.com for such merch sorry i do this multiple times a week i gotta have fun with it <laughs> And if you love us and you want to support us, you should definitely do that by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls. Every penny goes back into the show and into making it really great. We have very exciting plans for 2022. So you should come and join us over there. In addition to the fact that every episode on the network is extended for for patrons. And that's where the things get really spicy. Because <laughs> by then true. I'm tired and punchy and the, <laughs> things what, are said. <laughs> whatever filter you think I don't have <laughs> is really gone by then. <laughs> and for those who are already patrons, thank you so much for your support. It really does mean the world to us. I always treat you Send everyone an individual letter thanking you, but here it is collectively. Thank you so much for your support. And we are currently planning our 2022 coverage. And for people who are at the $10 and up tier, one of your perks is to join us for an episode of the show. So I have reached out to you. Uh, you should have an email in your inbox from me. Drop me a line when you have a chance and we'll get you on the show. All right. That is it for all of my housekeeping and Patreon talk. Ariel, take us out. All right. That's been another episode of More Deadly Director's Cut. Thank you so much for listening to our interview with the Poser Adams family. We had such a blast doing it. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to it and we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening and to my co-host and good friend Ariel for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Sharp.